Injuries in Chicago and Philadelphia could change the running back landscape. We discuss that on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Welcome to Fantasy Football in 15 here at The Athletic. It is Friday, August 28th. We are inside two weeks to the start of the NFL season. 13 days from today, Chiefs-Texans Thursday night football, the first game of week one. We are getting excited. I am Michael Beller, your host of Fantasy Football in 15. As you know, if you listened to Thursday's episode when Jake Seeley stepped in, Derek Van Riper on vacation, I told you we were going to have another special guest on Friday's episode. That special guest is Brandon Funston. Brandon, thanks for joining us here. Yeah, you bet. You saved the, the, the best guest host for last. That's oh, nice, of course. nice call. Of course. We knew exactly what we were doing when Jake took Thursday and you took Friday. We knew exactly what we wanted to do there. So uh, we've got some things to hit on, as I said in the intro, some running back situations before that. However, eight teams canceled practice on Thursday. Packers, Jets, Colts, Cardinals, Broncos, Titans, Chargers, and Washington all canceling practice in light of the uh, shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha. Sports World continuing to use its platform as a power for good, as a force to shed light on things that have too often been pushed into the darkness. So kudos to those teams for using the platform that is available to them. And hopefully this is something that can go beyond just canceled practices and postponed games. Um, when we turn our attention to the football field, uh, the biggest thing that comes out of uh, of Thursday is the injury to David Montgomery. He will be out two to four weeks with that groin strain that he suffered in Bears practice on Wednesday. Now, two weeks from today, the Bears will be 48 hours away from their season opener with the Lions. So it is safe to say that week one is not only in question, but perhaps in doubt for David Montgomery. Uh, Maybe he ends up missing a couple of games before he's able to get back on the field for the Bears. Are you moving him down your draft boards at all? I did. You got to, you know, I, I look at the running backs ranked in my 20s where Montgomery was, and there's just not a lot of, not a lot differentiating guys. So you have to, you know, the fact that he could miss one, two, even three games, uh, I take that into account. I initially moved him to running back 30. That was between Ronald Jones and J.K. Dobbins on my board. And I noticed uh, ADP wise, uh, the reaction has been the same. I, I am. I am the same. I mirror what the uh, industry has done since this injury. It was unintentional, but I think a lot of people are kind of along the same lines of uh, what I was thinking as well. Yeah, I do think you have to be concerned with this. Uh, Even if you know for sure he's coming back, let's just say week three, right? He misses two games. He's back with the Bears week three. Well, first of all, you've already missed two games, so you have to account for that. Secondly, this is a a player who has some questions uh, surrounding him after his rookie season where he volumed his way to a fine fantasy season, but he didn't do a ton in the passing game, pretty inefficient as a runner. I think the volume will still be there for him, but there are definitely justifiable questions about him and the Chicago offense as a whole. I think what you really have to watch out for with David Montgomery is the Bears making a signing in the next couple of weeks. I think that is all but guaranteed at this point, even if it's not Devontae Freeman or Spencer Ware or someone like that. They need more depth. They're not going to suddenly turn Tariq Cohen and do a 20-carry per game back, and they really don't have anyone else who they can turn to. So someone's going to get signed. The name that ends up joining this Bears backfield 
could really determine how you end up treating David Montgomery in your drafts, assuming that that signing happens before your draft does. But a big blow to David Montgomery and to this Bears offense being out two to four weeks with a groin injury. My dog hates it. My dog absolutely (laughs) can't stand it. You heard him bark. He does not want David Montgomery to be out. He's in Chicago making him into a Bears fan. He doesn't want (laughs) Montgomery to be out, but... Ems the brakes, Clyde. Sorry, buddy. Um, A couple of injuries to update from Thursday's practice. Kyle Juszczyk suffered a hamstring strain. Obviously, he is not on the fantasy radar, but he is a big part of that San Francisco rushing attack, so definitely want him back healthy for Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, everyone in that San Francisco ground game. Uh, George Kittle also dealing with a minor hamstring strain, according to one of our two 49ers beat writers, David Lombardi. Nothing to worry about there. Chris Godwin returned to practice. He had missed both Tuesday and Wednesday, but back on Thursday. Joe Mixon had a a couple of uh, absences from practice. We weren't sure exactly what. He was uh, negotiating a contract extension, a possible contract extension, but uh, word from the Bengals is that he's been dealing with some migraines. They don't want to push him while he's dealing with that, so doesn't appear that there's a sudden holdout coming from Joe Mixon. DeAndre Swift has missed a few practices this week with an undisclosed injury, not getting a whole lot from Matt Patricia there. We'll keep our eye on it. Stephon Diggs dealing with a sore lower back, not expected to be anything that troubles him for week one. Uh, One big injury from Philadelphia training camp, left tackle Andre Dillard out for the year with a torn biceps. This is now the second starting lineman in Philadelphia who is going to miss the season. Uh, Right guard Brandon Brooks had previously suffered a torn Achilles that will keep him out all year. Jason Peter is going to move back to the left tackle spot, but Brandon, this is two big, big injuries up front for the Eagles. Offensive line injuries, sort of the the unsung, or the offensive line, excuse me, the unsung heroes, of course, of the fantasy football world. Now Miles Sanders, Carson Wentz, without two of their five starters up front. Does that concern you at all in a material way in the fantasy world? Uh, I don't know if I'm I'm too moved by this. I mean, you're still talking about Lane Johnson, Jason Peters, and Jason Kelsey, their center, being there. That's three pretty good pillars on an offensive line, and a lot of teams would wish to start their offensive line off with those three talented uh, kind of guys. And I, I think you look at Miles Sanders and Carson Wentz, uh, one thing that kind of resonates with me is they're going to play six games against the against Washington, Dallas, and the Giants. Those are not going to be great defenses. And I, yeah. I think that's going to be that's going to be nice for them as well. But really this was one of the better offensive lines overall. They lose a couple key pieces, but I think with what they have less and, and the depth that they have there, they're going to make this work out okay. It's an embarrassment of riches for Philly on the line, as you said. There are a few teams that could weather losing 40% of their offensive line before the season even begins. No team wants to deal with it. The Eagles are one of the few teams that do feel like they could uh, deal with it. So let's just talk about Miles Sanders here really quickly. Um, he's been dealing with some injuries of his own in training camp. Sounds like he's going to be ready for week one. Uh, really quickly, where is he on your board as we head into probably the two busiest weekends for drafting of the summer? Yeah, he's my RB10. Just love the the 50 catches he had as a rookie and think that there can be some further upside to that. Uh, We know he was, you know, vastly productive as the main guy once Jordan Howard was gone and one of the better guys over the last month and a half at the running back position. And then, you know, the commitment that Doug Peterson, you know, basically came out and said he's our guy, which he hasn't really done that with anybody there in Philadelphia. So um, that was nice to see. Uh, obviously, Boston Scott will be in the mix as well, and I like him at his value in drafts, but really think Miles Sanders, 
super talented guy. One of my favorite running backs coming out of the draft a couple of years ago is, is just in a great position to deliver top 10 running back results in fantasy. RB10, so we got McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara, Cook, Edwards, Hilaire, and Henry, I assume, those seven. I know you love Josh Jacobs. I'm going to assume he's uh, eighth. Who is the other one who's ahead of him? I have Mixon right now, but, uh, you know, he's dealing with the migraines, um, and there's talk that he's, he's you know, disgruntled about contract talks. Mm-hmm. And so that, that could be a fluid situation here uh, with Miles Sanders, but I think just the overall volume upside – in Cincinnati, if everything goes off without a hitch with Mixon in terms of the contract and he's not going to, to sit out, because there's just really no upside in sitting out for running backs these days. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that the last few years with Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon. I just think uh, the volume is going to lead me a little bit in Mixon's direction there. Yeah, and check out our Bengals coverage for that. Jay Morrison, Paul Daner Jr., all over the Joe Mixon contract situation. We've got a few more stories to talk about here before we wrap things up for the weekend. We will get to those right after this. All right, Brandon, two more stories, a couple more news things I want to fly by. We're going to hit on one of those bigger things first. Fumbling issues for Devin Singletary, apparently. That according to our Joe Buscalia, one of our two Bills beat writers. He says that I've been charting all of uh, Singletary's touches in camp thus far. He has two fumbles. Now, that might not sound like a lot, but the Bills have had only seven practices to this point, very few team periods within those practices, and uh, Devin Singletary has put the ball on the ground two times. Now, uh, obviously, no coach is going to want to see ball security issues from any running back, but This is someone who I already had concerns about, and I loved Devin Singletary last year. I had so much Devin Singletary on my teams last season, but I just don't see where the possibility for profit is this year. We're talking about a guy who is going as the RB25 by August ADP, 52.4 overall. We know Josh Allen takes away a ton of volume at the goal line. They didn't draft Zach Moss for nothing, and Zach Moss has been getting rave reviews at training camp. I love Devin Singletary, the player. If you told me he was going to be the workhorse, I would say he's going to push RB1 territory. If you took him away from a quarterback like Josh Allen, I would say, yeah, mid-tier RB2 territory. But with what he's dealing with here, I just don't know that I can buy in where they're asking me to somewhere in, what, the uh, beginning of the fifth round of a standard 12-team league. I just don't know I can go that high on him. Yeah, I would say that he's one of my biggest uh, sliders of the summer. I, if I want to think back as high as I had him maybe in early June, I could have had him as high as 17 at the running back position. Mm-hmm. He's down to 27 for me now. And really just kind of the at the very back end of, of guys that are, you know, quote unquote, the lead guys in their backfield. Uh, outside of maybe like a Jordan Howard and a couple of Ronald Jones. I'm still I'm still higher on Singletary, but yeah, I mean, I love Zach Moss in college, and at first I thought, okay, he's just simply going to take the gore role, but it certainly seems like there's more available, especially with Singletary's ball security issues, and that was something that Moss has been lauded for. He's He touched the ball a ton at Utah, and, and very rarely did he ever lose lose the football for his team. So not Did only, they play defense in the Pac-12? Yeah, they do. There's a few teams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's hit and miss, uh, but uh, – yeah, even still, he, he hung onto the ball. It's job one. So, um, I, you know, I think Singletary still has a, a decent amount of, 
you know, gains to be made in the passing game is something that I've heard the athletic beat writers talk about is they could, he could really make some uh, big gains in that department. But I just think that he's going to lose a lot of carries to Zach Moss. The good thing here, though, is I really believe Buffalo is going to be one, one of the very most run-heavy teams in mm-hmm. the league this year. Yeah, I agree with you completely there. I wish he was going a little bit less. It's just too much Moss and too much Josh Allen. And that is that is the best thing about Josh Allen's game right now, and the Bills know it. And I do think that Stephon Diggs can be the right guy for him to open up a little bit more of his passing game, but he is still going to run a lot. He's still going to run for a lot of touchdowns. Remember, it was Josh Allen, not Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen had the most rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks last season, (laughs) nine to Lamar Jackson, seven. That is not something the Bills are suddenly going to take out of their offense. So you have to worry about all those things and the the price. It just doesn't feel as though that's baked in enough. It does feel like RB25 for Devin Singletary is fair, but still 52 overall feels a little bit rich. Again, that's why I would prefer to be going for running backs early, wide receivers in that group of guys. Uh, A few quick hitters here before one more story we'll dive into a little bit more. Kalen Balaj traded to the Jets. I don't think this really means anything. I do love uh, the the needling that we can maybe give our colleague Michael Salfino about, uh, hey, does this uh, mean anything for Le'Veon? Kalen Balaj does mean anything for Le'Veon Bell? But I don't think it really means anything. Uh, Sean McVay expects Daryl Henderson to be back by the opener. That coming from our Rams beat reporter, Jordan Rodrigue. Daryl Henderson, of course, dealing with the hamstring injury. More good news for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Not enough good things can happen. It appears for this guy in Eagles camp. Just glowing reports, so maybe he ends up having a larger role this year than he did last year. One Eagles receiver who we do think is going to have a large role this season is Jalen Rager, and that is where we are going to wrap things up here. Sounds like he is being prepped for a big role in this offense, perhaps the wide receiver one in this offense. We know that comes with the caveat of Zach Ertz at least is the pass catcher one in this offense. Dallas Goddard has his role in the passing game. Miles Sanders has his role in the passing game, but it does look like Jalen Rager could be this team's top wide receiver. Right now, he is the wide receiver 47 by ADP in August. Other guys in his neighborhood include Henry Ruggs, Sterling Shepard, John Brown, Anthony Miller. So if you're thinking about Jalen Rager and you're thinking about the wide receiver position, those are the other guys who you're likely to be thinking about. How do you stack him up against those other guys and the guys who he's rubbing elbows with on draft day? And I just I have a hard time getting as excited about Rager as as the industry and a, and a lot of people are. I, and to me, he doesn't he doesn't look like a go-to guy. He's fast and he's, you know, he's the kind of guy that you can move around and have some fun with. But as a, as a chain moving go-to number one receiver, I just don't see it. You know, Philly is going to go 12 personnel because they love Dallas Goddard. They love Zach Ertz. And it wasn't just by, you know, the necessity of, because all the wide receivers were injured that they played 12 personnel. Those guys are just legit studs. And so I don't think they're going to downplay their 12 personnel a whole lot um you got to feed miles sanders the ball out of the backfield because you want the ball in his hands as much as possible you got deshaun jackson there eventually alshon jeffrey's coming back you mentioned jj arcega whiteside i just don't know if there's a big enough piece of the pie to get as excited about rigor as everybody seems to be getting 
Yeah, I think we're in agreement on this one. Uh, wide receiver 47 feels a little pricey. About a month ago, he was you know, went down at wide receiver 57, wide receiver 60, and I was happy to take him there. I actually did take him in the flex leagues that our buddy Jake Seeley put together, uh, the one the league that I'm in. I took him in that, and I got him right around that wide receiver 55 to 60 range, and I was happy to take him there. But when we're talking about Henry Ruggs, who could be the wide receiver one and the number two at worst pass catcher in Vegas, Sterling Shepard, who could easily be the number one pass catcher for the Giants. John Brown is going to be a matchup nightmare, I think, with uh, with Stephon Diggs drawing top uh, attention in Buffalo. Anthony Miller, probably the number two pass catcher. Definitely, I would say, actually, the number two pass catcher in Chicago. We listed all the guys in Philly. There is a realistic scenario in which Jalen Rieger is like the sixth pass catcher for them. So hard for me to buy in at the price where we are finding him. That's going to do it. That easy, Brandon. That easy. It's not like the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast where we sit here and deal with Jake for an hour. That quick, that easy. Pretty nice, huh? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I need to to come back and drop in uh, again sometime. Hey, guess what? I think you're going to in a couple of days. I think you're right. (laughs) There we go. A little tease for what's coming next week. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show. For Brandon Funston, I am Michael Beller. Fantasy Football will be back with you on Monday. Until then, thanks for listening and have a great weekend.